Okay, so um, I wanted to ask, so tell me about like growing up or you know where you were born at, like yeah. what, what, how did you get to this place of leadership and strategies? Where did that start? Was that early on? How was that upbringing for you? Um, so I was born and raised in Chicago. Okay. Um, grew up in Humble Park, I think from an early mapped out on what your options were, mm -hmm. what you were supposed to be. You fit into this box, and yeah. you know, like that's just what you're supposed to do. Um, I, I tend to be one that has always been a bit more challenging um, as a child, just because. Um, and it, it was looked at, and, and I, it's funny because I see it with my kids, and, and the teachers tell me the same things that you know teachers told my mom about me. Mm -hmm. And so I just look at it a bit different, you know, they, they were like, oh, she's very challenging and she's very, um, what's the word, um, like uncooperative mm -hmm. or what, what not. And I'm like, no, just because they're asking you the reason mm -hmm. on why you're asking them to do something mm -hmm. doesn't mean they're uncooperative, it means that they're in a state of inquiry. Mm -hmm. They want to know more. Wow. You know, why are you shutting that down? Wow. Yeah. And that's what happens. And mm -hmm. that's, screwed up thing about our you know public school system yeah. or, or not even just public school you know i, I went to society at large right yeah right. yeah don't ask questions this mm -hmm. is the status quo and this is what you're supposed mm -hmm. to accept because this is what we've accepted for years and just mm -hmm. deal with it don't screw it up too much yeah you know don't don't make too many waves yeah. and i've been like why <laughs> why <laughs> why not yeah and so i remember um you know, I grew up in an environment heavily, heavily um, populated with gang and drugs with my family. And seeing that and knowing, like, no, this isn't it. And I've always just held on to this vision of, like, no, I'm going to be, like, an Oprah. Or I'm going to be, like, someone mm -hmm. that's going to, you know, be on TV and make mm -hmm. these changes. And I didn't know how or why or mm -hmm. any of that stuff. But I just always held on to the vision that this isn't what it, this isn't what's for me. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's something more. And then um, when I got into high school, I remember I, I was having challenges um, with a specific, it was actually drafting, I went to Lane. Mm -hmm. And it's a technical school, so you have to mm -hmm. learn these specific components. Mm -hmm. And on, I wanna say three different teachers told me, one told me that I was gonna end up selling porn on the street. And I was like, huh. I'm like, that aligns with more of a Mexican culture and I'm not even Mexican. Mm, what do you identify with? I'm Puerto Rican. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so now you're just grouping all Latinos into mm -hmm. one thing and thinking that that's what they come from. Yeah. In seventh grade, my teacher was like, you're just going to end up pregnant. And I was like, wow, like, mm -hmm. you know, it, it was amazing because I hadn't even, I lost my virginity in college, but they were already making these assumptions about me. Wow. You know, everyone was fitting me into this box because that's where they felt that I needed because I was, you know, asking questions because I was like, but I don't necessarily need to accept that. Why are you even accepting that? Mm. Which made them uncomfortable. Right. So I've always wow. been like a leader, you know, yeah. in, in my own thing. Um, I was a college dropout for a while. You know, <laughs> went in, went out. Yeah. I started making money and got a taste of what that was like. And yeah. being young, like that's way more reinforcing than studying. Yeah, yeah. So um, I did that for a while. Right. And then I ended up going to California. Okay. And like on this spiritual journey mm -hmm. and ended up meeting with a bunch of people that worked for Tony Robbins. Okay. I didn't know who he was at the time. Okay. So I was like the outcast. They were like, oh, you don't know who he is. <laughs> right, right, like, right. No. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm one that I'm like, I don't care who he is. You know, right, like, I'm right. like that doesn't impress me. Yeah. And 
Um, so I did the program, and it was a really great program, and I ended up getting a job offer. Okay. Later to find out exactly who he is, and I'm like, oh, I guess this is kind yeah. of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and realizing how hard it is to even get into his company. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, so I moved across the U.S., Right. went to California. For folks don't know, Tony Robbins is like one of the number one Yeah, speakers, motivational speakers. Coaches. Yeah. Globally, internationally. Right. $10,000, <laughs> uh, 10,000 people, oh, yeah. events, summits. Totally. You know, really uh, doing an awesome work. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, so I went and I worked for him for a little bit, mm -hmm. and I started doing sales, and I was like, it's kind of boring. Um, and then I got into training, yeah. and that's where I fell in love with it. Okay. I was like, you know, I love training. I love seeing, like, the, the change when you're talking to someone, and you can see that light bulb moment come on for them. Okay. Um, and so that's kind of where I started, like, my coaching and my leadership development. Went back to school as an adult when I was pregnant with my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, I was working a job as a marketing director, but working like 60 hours a week, and it was wow. like a nightclub slash restaurant where like my hours were nuts, like 11 a.m. to sometimes four in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, okay, obviously this isn't you know ideal for raising a child yeah. and, and things like that. So. Yeah. I ended up going back to school and I was like, what is it that I really love? And I'm mm -hmm. like, I love to try to figure out why people think the way that they, they do. Mm -hmm. And that was like one thing that I always thought about growing up. Like, if we were taken out of our environment, would we be different people? You know, like how does, how does our environment affect us? And not just like from like a neighborhood standpoint, but mm -hmm. like in the home, the thought process, you know, where we're engaging, our friends, things like that. And so I'm like, I'm gonna do psych. So I did that, and mm -hmm. then I ended up doing my master's in organizational leadership. Then I got pregnant with my son, mm -hmm. um, who was red flagged for autism. And then I decided to go into applied behavior analysis. So that was like the beauty and the emergence of how I came to where I am. Um, applied behavior analysis focuses on behavior management. So literally looking at things objectively, why are we doing what we're doing? Because it serves a purpose. Mm -hmm. So what, you know, what purpose is it serving? And then what do we need to replace? What do we need to change and shift mm -hmm. within them to make huge bounds and leaps? So I worked as a behavior analyst for a while and my clients like were doing fantastic. And I was like, man, if I could take this and put it in an organizational setting mm -hmm. and start working on cultural change, when it start doing it more on an entrepreneurial platform, mm -hmm. it's mind blowing. And so I started doing that. And okay. that just like really escalated and so, took off. Yeah. yeah. And so so that's kind of like what led me to where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. And so now um, I'm starting to do events and retreats and okay. really expand. I've been really fortunate that I work with people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. And that's been cool. So like I have a client in New Zealand, I have a client in South Africa, I have clients in Europe, I have clients in the US. And at the end of the day, it's all the same stuff. Mm -hmm. The parallels are there, the perspectives are there, the projections are there. Mm -hmm. And we could, and that's the one thing that I think is so beautiful is that like we're having the same conversations no matter what the language is. Right. We're just articulating it different. Mm. But it, we're all rooted in the same right. same challenges. And so being able to help people from an objective standpoint mm -hmm. and teach them about leadership and teach them about like trusting themselves. Mm -hmm. I think that's the most challenging thing is when you're going against the status quo, when you're going against anything that is already set, mm -hmm. you start doubting yourself, like, ooh, should I be doing this? Mm -hmm. Or if you don't get you know, the automatic reinforcement, if you see it's not going exactly how it is, mm -hmm. um, 
then you start to think like maybe I should stop, maybe I should throw in the towel, okay. maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Yeah. So I'm that advocate that's like, no, you're gonna stand in your truth, <laughs> yeah, and right. we're gonna we're gonna get this, and we're right. gonna get your message in front of the right people, because that's right. what goes wrong. Yeah. You're you're on your soapbox, or you have your megaphone, and you're screaming and you're screaming and you're sharing your message, but if you're not sharing it in front of the right ears. Mm -hmm. No, but, you know, it's it's not necessarily going to matter. So my thing is positioning you as an expert and as a leader, right. getting you in front of exactly who you need to get in front of mm -hmm. to then really expand and grow. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you and I met um, at the Facebook uh, Chicago Community Leadership Circle, which was folks from all over the city of Chicago who were um, doing a variety of different things, from passion projects, um, whether it was combating negative uh, news fees with cats, yeah. <laughs> or um, if it was uh, a Nintendo Switch club, mm -hmm. um, to more of maybe formal community-based organizations like, right. like the work that I do. Um, can you talk a little bit about uh, your community um, and how does that tie in with your clients and how does that, um, how did you get into that space with the Facebook leadership community and how is your Facebook community a part of how you coach and engage right. and bring people together. So the beautiful thing about Facebook is it gives us a platform to have conversations across the globe at our fingertips. Right. You know, technology is such an amazing, beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, so with my Facebook community, I, um, I built it as a free resource. So you know, we're not meant to help every single person that comes our way. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that we don't have enough time in our day. Yeah. So my thing is, if I can build up other leaders mm -hmm. and help them, then that'll help them reach their community. Yeah, so let's go. So yeah, like you were saying, about your... Uh... Yeah, so I use my Facebook um, group as a resource for people to get an intro of who I am and the work that I do and also as a resource because not everyone that comes my way may be able to afford my services mm -hmm. but if I could help them in one way or another if I can give them some inspiration if I could give them some free resources mm -hmm. so that they can then build up mm -hmm. then I'm all about that okay. like leadership to me is the most important thing and I think that there's we were all born leaders mm -hmm. and I'm I don't see it as being competitive I think the more the merrier yeah. like let's make you know add a table mm -hmm. you know let's, mm -hmm. let's to make it bigger because there's so many people that need us to show up for them. That's awesome. Do you, uh, oftentimes, the, the conversation of leadership comes up, and so uh, I think that's a good segue to talk about um, uh, expertise that you stand strong on, uh, leadership and strategy. Um, I know for me, I often am uh, attributed or folks identify me as a natural born leader. Um, and, and oftentimes that they haven't seen me actually do like organizing or work through difficulties or, or, or um, maybe have those hard moments that I really believe leadership is. Um, oftentimes I feel like leadership gets uh, uh, acquainted with outspoken people, right? right? So if you're the outspoken person, you're a leader. Right. Um, and oftentimes that may not be the case. Um, so how would you uh, define leadership in, in your perspective and, and what does leadership look like for you? Because oftentimes, right, it's just the person that, the person that speaks up the loudest or the right. person who um, maybe is um, charismatic. But, right. But, you know, in my mind, you know, leadership is sometimes having uh, 
conversation with folks that you may not agree with, right. being able to build consensus, um, being able to uh, delegate, being mm -hmm. able to assess folks' strengths and uh, right. where deficits may be. So just really being able to uh, think through what leadership is, because I think we're at a, a time now where, one, the things that folks do say um, matter, right? We can look right. at our political uh, administration and say, hey, you know, um, maybe leadership is a lot of the tone that you say and, and mm -hmm. the things in which you say it. Um, but then there's other um, folks that come out, right? The community organizers right. in the back of the yards or the folks that are in the Pilsen community or mm -hmm. in the uh, Marquette Park that are, that are organizing and they may not be um, as tech savvy right. um, and they may not have that platform to get out right. there, but they have those um, skill sets or just the art right the heart mm -hmm. to be a leader right um, the, the the understanding that leaders eat last right Simon Sinek um, who's in this space of leadership and some would call him a guru yeah um, really has this idea of like leadership leads last like you know the last to eat he I think he related it to um, military protocol and how sergeants you know deal with their subordinates um, in terms of just survival. Um, and so that's always an interesting thing to talk about. Um, and I think to you, for you to be a woman of color, um, just boldly moving forward in leadership, I think it's a phenomenal thing. Um, I think really amplifying the voices of folks who genuinely are out to deal with the hearts of people, right? Yeah. Since we connected over two weeks ago, yeah. you've done nothing but been just like porn. <laughs> like, I think this is great for you. you try this. Have you thought about this? And right, and, and that wasn't nothing that you, you know, professed and like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing this and working with this guy right. on the South Side. It wasn't a token thing. It was a right. genuine, I just want to build with you. Right. Um, and so those are just uh, kind of those Well, I just want to go back things. to like your question on what my view on leadership is, mm -hmm. because I really do think that everyone is a leader. And so when you were talking about the leader that leads from the back, mm -hmm. I think that there's, it, it's an interesting topic to even talk about there, because it reminds me of moms. Who's the one to eat last? Whose dinner is always cold mm. when she goes to sit down, mm. right? Right. She done fed everyone, yeah. you know, and, and by the time she gets to, to sit down and eat, her stuff is always cold. I'm gonna make or... my wife play first now since we're talking. <laughs> good, good for yeah. you. Um, so I, I think that with leadership comes humility. With leadership comes humbleness, um, and. Put your ego aside, and I think that's what makes a good leader. I have a really adaptive style of leadership where I think that we're all on a level playing field, and I might be really, really good at something, and you might be really, really good at something, but collectively, yeah. we're amazing. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't view myself as, even as a leader, I don't see myself, I'm up here and I have followers. Wow. I'm like, I just lead other leaders. Wow. So it doesn't matter to me like if you view yourself as a leader or not because you are whether you're a dad whether you're a mom whether you know everybody leads somebody in some way like mm -hmm. even if you're a cashier at Walgreens mm -hmm. right like you're leading that transaction mm -hmm. the customer isn't leading that transaction mm -hmm. you're leading that transaction mm -hmm. you're leading the conversation of mm -hmm. hi good morning how's your day whatever right. the case may be right. like if people were to just think about that and mm -hmm. say oh wow 
Like I lead every day mm. in some capacity, wow. way, shape, or form. Wow. That would be really empowering. Yeah, and I just think about right community, and right. I think where we're at right now is this idea of, of appointed leaders looking for leaders. And if, if if community folks, if residents had this sense of this is my neighborhood, right? right? Like this is mine, and I'm gonna just start right here on this right. block, right? I'm not gonna let the, the the world or the news. I'm not gonna let all of these big things right. weigh me down. Just in this moment, right? Being a leader, and that, and that, that well, that I is think phenomenal. the challenge is that people don't feel valued. So if they don't value wow. and they don't tie themselves with work, mm -hmm. how could they even possibly think that they're a leader? How do folks get value? How do how do how does that happen? How do you get value? What do you I, mean? Yeah, I mean, for the <laughs> folks who don't feel valued, what right? What, what um, can what not can we do? Maybe because we can't do anything, but what? Was there a moment where you didn't feel valued? And there was there a moment where you did feel valued? Yeah, I mean, there were times where I felt like, am, is what I'm doing making a difference? Um, you know, does my voice matter? Mm -hmm. um, and it does, and I think that the diligence and the commitment to self, like, I, I've been always so committed to that bigger vision of changing the world, even though I didn't know how the hell I was gonna mm -hmm change it in some aspect way shape or form mm -hmm. um every day like what can i do what mm -hmm. what steps can i take today just to get a little bit closer just to make a little bit of a dent um but when it comes to value and worth like i think an interesting exercise were to like if we in business we talk a lot about reverse engineering mm -hmm. so think about your death and mm -hmm. think about your funeral and who mm -hmm. would be there mm -hmm. there's probably at least one person showing up mm -hmm. right mm -hmm which means that there's value. Because mm -hmm. if there wasn't value, then you wouldn't even have that one person. Mm -hmm. So who does your life affect when you think about who's gonna be in that room? Mm -hmm. Your family, mm -hmm. your friends, mm -hmm. people from your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, so think about, okay, so now if I change the way that I'm doing things, mm -hmm. how is that gonna affect all of these people around me? Is it gonna show them that it's a possibility for them to be doing this too? Mm -hmm. Probably gonna piss off some people, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. a lot of people like the status quo. They like things just the way they yeah. are. Things are working. Things Don't are come working and screw it up. Mm -hmm. um, but by doing that, then by, by making that shift, you expand and then you have even a bigger circle and a bigger circle. So they're like, hold on, I'm not in his immediate circle, but hey, he's making these changes. He's mm -hmm. making the shifts. I can do that. So your inspiration there, led to this person making and shifting their community here. Mm -hmm. So like, we're, we all have so much worth and value and like even like, you know, you shared with me like your upbringing mm -hmm. and like the, some of the challenges that you went through. Mm -hmm. um, had you not gone through that, like would we be sitting here having this conversation? Nope, we wouldn't. Right. I'd be, I'd be downtown somewhere, I'm working at a tech job or something. Right, right. <laughs> like, you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so everything that we go through mm -hmm. has adds to our worth, adds yeah. to our value as a leader. Wow. Wow. Um, so no, that that was great. Yeah, and I think when you talked about value, um, and even the example that you brought up around the funeral, I know when uh, I, when I lost my friend uh, back in 2013, which really was the the culminating event in my life that led me to just making an all-out change. Um, one of the things that was really profound to me was when I went to his funeral and I 
sat at the back of the funeral and I seen close to 2,000 people show up for this 23-year-old young man, I was like, wow, there's value, you know, and this isn't someone who was publicized, he wasn't all in the news, he was like everyday leader, everyday, you know, making sure that any folks, anyone that he had had an encounter with, he led with love and positivity and peace and affirmation. And so I could only think that whatever experience that I had with him, he was able to give to all these other people. And maybe it wasn't directly, maybe it was indirect for some folks, right? Maybe some folks just knew Wayne and said, I knew him and I knew what he was about. So, you know, his loss saddened me. Um, And I think that is a a great way to look at things, right, is that who you're connected to and how um, things can change, right, how things can change, how you can be sometimes inspired by things that are close up to you and from afar, right, right? and from afar you can see things that move you to make a change and move you um, to want to get involved. Um, and, I, and so this past week I attended um, a luncheon that honored a, a a colleague, friend of mine, uh, Grace Woods, um, Grace Ho, she's over the uh, Woods Fund in Chicago. Um, and so the event was around Chicago women in philanthropy. Um, but it was it was, it was was a great space to be in um, just because I, I'm at a place where I advocate strongly for young black boys um, because that's a population that I identify with, I've lived and experienced that I know and I can relate to them. But I'm also so mindful that the way American history was taught to me growing up, so many voices were marginalized. So many folks were left out of that story. And so it's so important now that we tell a story that makes everyone feel valued and validated, right? So now what happens to young women who grow up now, right? And and though there has always been strong um, or great examples of women in leadership, now more than ever, it's happening, right? And whether it's from Michelle Obama's or the right. Cheryl Sombers of, of right. the world, or it's the 10,000 women that showed up for the, the, the Women's March, right? right? That it's like, no, like we're gonna stand up and, and we're gonna do something. Um, and so, I'm, I'm, what, how, how has that, how has things like the Me Too movement, how has, um, just, just the evolution of where we're going as a society impacted your work and um, maybe accelerated your process to say, hey, as a woman, as a woman of color, I need to be in these spaces, um, that may be dominated by males, um, to say that, you know, I can make an impact on this global level because that is something that I hear you speak about right. a lot globally, right. right, and being able to combat these stereotypes so that young yeah. women don't grow up and say, you know, corn or teen pregnancy, right. but they their, their ambitions are, are so much further than yeah. maybe what society has told them they right. could be. Right, and I think, like, I, like my field is male-dominated, you know, where I work, um, and all of this like the movements that have been going on now have been really inspirational um you know i've been in this field for quite some time now but seeing women stand in their truth and come together you know being a woman sometimes it's challenging um for some reason we're 
supposed to be against each other instead of with each other. Hmm. And I don't know where this ideology got wow. screwed up along the way. Yeah. Because if we think about like rooted back in history, women came together to raise children. We worked as a village. Everyone had an integral part of making the process work. Mm -hmm. And then somehow, at some point, we were pitted against each other to become really competitive, right? And so my thing was, I need to create a space that's a safe space to facilitate conversations that might not be the easiest to have, mm -hmm. but hold it so that people feel open enough to have this dialogue mm -hmm. and to be able to have these exchanges where they're sharing what it's like to be a mom. There's mom wars, stay at mom home, stay at home mom versus working mom. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, women are constantly pitted against each other. Mm -hmm. And it's like, for what? It reminds me of like gladiator days where you're putting them in the thing just mm -hmm. for your amusement. Wow. It's, it's insane to me. So like my thing is like, I need to create a space that really facilitates growth for women. And so that they feel that community sense once again, because we had it, mm -hmm. we were born into it, mm -hmm. and somehow we strayed far away, and mm -hmm. you know, thinking you have to be super independent, and super strong, and have all the answers, and moms are set up to be superheroes. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, moms have a cape. No. Yeah. You know, it, it sets you up to feel like any day that's off, you're a failure. Mm -hmm. And so to have this space for women is so important because women are the neck of the world. You know, yeah. like we, yeah. you know, yeah. it, it's so important. And, and furthermore, like, I'm currently a doctoral student, and when and I'm doing, you know, my dissertation on female leadership, there's nothing there. When we're looking at literature, everything is masculine. Mm -hmm. So when my daughter goes to research, and when my daughter wants to make these changes, what is she going to have? Nothing unless I do it. Mm -hmm. So that's what keeps me going, you know? For my sons to see a strong woman so that they know how to embrace one. Mm -hmm. They're gonna be, you know, fathers one day yeah. on their own. Yeah. So holding kids, you know, to be respectable and understand the value that each hold. Like, I don't see that women are better than men or mm -hmm. anything like that. We yeah. all, you know, hold the space, but just being able to respect each other's differences. Mm -hmm. um, and. Yeah, I, I just, right now, I think more than ever, it's mm -hmm. a time to start changing things. Yeah. And right now in literature, there's a lot of the glass ceiling. Yeah. So if you, if you, you know, go into EBSCO or whatever, you'll see a shit ton of research done on the glass ceiling. But all they're saying is, this is what's happening, because there's a glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. So that's what research has told us. Like, we don't know that. Right. Who's talking about busting through it? Who's doing the action research to talk about what theories, what methodology, what you know practices need to be in place to support women mm -hmm. so that they're able to make this work, so that they are they're able to make this change? Mm -hmm. It's not being talked about. Mm -hmm. You know, so more research needs to be done, and so that's why it's so. I mean, it is the core of what I do. Yeah. Female empowerment. That's awesome. That's awesome. Can I get your perspective on? Um, gender roles and we're evolving and how, how do you think is, is that something general where right? I felt like for one point it was very general in terms of gender roles I think we're moving towards more of a it's no one size fits all with yeah. families and things like that oh, yeah. so would you agree yeah, yeah yeah I think in life there's no one size fits all yeah for anybody let alone right. a family I mean love is love however it comes out whatever mm -hmm. way and 
same thing like with leadership like there's no one way that's right to lead so like when we were talking about the army sergeant that's at the back lines one of the things that comes to my mind is is he the most effective being at the back of the line because if he's the one that's delegating if he's the one that's giving people direction if he's the last to eat mm -hmm. how is that helping his energy and his power is he then fueled up and strong enough mm -hmm. to maintain the energy for the group mm -hmm. if he's constantly putting himself last mm -hmm. and that's what women do mm -hmm. they're constantly putting themselves last their mm -hmm. family is more important oh i gotta do this for work you know and and, and so what happens is it leads to burnout mm -hmm. and then they don't realize it until they're already in it right. and they're just like oh crap now what do i do yeah, right, <laughs> you know right. um yeah. but the problem was they weren't feeding themselves along yeah. the process they weren't managing their own self-care mm -hmm. their own self-love because they were in the eye of the storm focusing on everything else yeah. not looking at themselves so when we talk about that you know i think that you know there's a certain humbleness that comes with oh you know everyone comes before me mm -hmm. but you need to feed yourself just like on an airplane, because yeah. you got to give yourself the oxygen yep. mask yep. in order I to just, help your baby, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Yep. But I think just from a condition standpoint, you're going to grab it and give it to your kids. Mm -hmm. But what happens in the meantime, if you got three kids like me, mm -hmm. and you're on the second kid, and you've got no oxygen to help the next one. Wow. you got to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> that made a lot of sense. Um, Self-care is extremely important. Right. Um, being mindful as a leader of where you are. And um, I just want to stop there because yeah. I think when people think of self-care, mm -hmm. especially as a woman, they think yeah. of massages and bubble baths <laughs> and getting your hair in I was going to ask time. you, how do you, how do you explain <laughs> that? So go ahead. Yeah, self-care to me is managing your energy. Self-care mm -hmm. to me is what are you doing every day to make yourself feel good? You know, are you giving yourself, you know, breakfast? Mm -hmm. How are you nourishing yourself from mm -hmm. a nutrition standpoint? Like, and when we think about leadership, when you think about somebody like Oprah or Tony Robbins, mm -hmm. and just imagine what their day is like mm -hmm. as a leader leading at that capacity. Yeah. Are they it's like special. walking out the door having a sip of coffee before they're jumping on the stage? Mm -hmm. No? No. They're making sure they have all these supports yeah. set up so that they can show up as the best them. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're failing as leaders, mm -hmm. especially with females in leadership, mm -hmm. is that we're not putting those supports in place and we're not putting ourselves first so that we can show up strong. So even though we think we're showing up at 100, mm -hmm. kind of showing up at like 55, 60, mm -hmm. yeah. um, when you could do better if you just poured that love back into yourself. So wow. from an energetic standpoint, from a spiritual standpoint, mm -hmm. um, like what are you doing to make sure that you're aligned? You know, are you going on dates with your husband? Mm -hmm. Like is everything about everyone else? Are you taking time out for yourself to read a book, to go do a class, to mm -hmm. do something that has nothing to do with anyone else but yourself? Mm -hmm. There's no exchange right. except to make yourself feel good. Wow. I think that's so important. Expounded on that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that was a lot. That was that was great. That was great. No, that was that was awesome. Um, I just wanted to take some time to one um, to to affirm and validate what you're doing. Um, I think it, it's it's a, a powerful work that needs to be done. Um, oftentimes, we as visionaries, um, we as you know, folks with ideas who don't necessarily start off where we want to get to, but we're working towards it, often feel burnout, often need moments like this that are inspirational, that keep us going. And so I want to um, really acknowledge you for that because this has been an inspiration to me, um, which really led to me, you know, capturing this conversation because I feel like there are folks out there like us who need to know, right, that 
you started to stop school, but you oh, made yeah. it happen. Um, you maybe went in one direction for a career and went to another direction, and right, so that life is this ongoing process. And right. even though we're goal oriented, even though we have dreams and visions, at the end of the day, it comes down to self care. It comes down to you know being um, for our family, being for our partners, um, and so. That was kind of really the essence of what you talked about today. Was really like, I'm leading in every way possible. Like yeah. if that's giving, you know, in my exchange with like the grocery person, right. like hey, thank you or whatever that is. And so that that was extremely important. Um, two questions I want to ask. One is, um, how would you define greatness? How would you define greatness? I think greatness is leaving somewhere someone something better than when you found it awesome awesome and so let's say you go on you publish a lot of books you do a ton of podcasts ton of interviews ton of articles you're like all over the world but for some reason the internet shuts down there's no more books there's no more anything what are three truths that you leave your children women around you what is the world? What are those three truths that um, we could stand on that you feel like will help us get through life? Three of them. Wow. <laughs> um, and let me pause so yeah. we'll come back to it. The three truths. So I think the three truths go back to know yourself, trust yourself, and honor yourself. Because by knowing yourself, you know what you stand for as well as what you don't stand for. By trusting yourself, you're not going to allow things that aren't supposed to be happening to happen because you're going to trust that you know that they're wrong or right. Um, and honoring yourself is actually taking action on your truth. Because if you weren't honoring your truth, you'd be oppressing yourself. Those are great. Those are great. Um, how can we follow you? Anything that um, folks that um, want to connect with you want to know more about you? you want to share some information? Yeah, so my website is nadinecrespo.com, N-A-D-I-N-E-C-R-E-S-P-O.com. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of and love to connect with everybody. Awesome, awesome. Thanks. This yeah, thank you. <laughs> hey, 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 what's up, everybody, man? It's your, it's your brother, Darius Ballinger. Thanks for listening to the audio today. Um, I had a chance to sit down with leadership and strategist coach Nadine Crespo. Um, I met Nadine at the Facebook community Chicago Leader Circle. Um, she's doing a great work, great work, really um, centered around youth empowerment and really helping leaders get to the next level. Um, we talked about a variety of things, being a woman of color um, in leadership. We talked about self-care um, and really got to the core of Nadine's philosophy around uh, uh, who's at the table with you, right? She really had this idea of who are those Five, fab five people um, and, and it was just a phenomenal conversation We had at the Courage Exchange Cafe This morning um, So I hope you guys enjoy it um, And thanks for listening to the podcast Anything that sticks out, any comments, anything Please leave a review Give us a thumbs up Because um, this is just a podcast for everyday folks um, Looking to better their life So 
Thanks for listening. And with no further ado, Nadine Crespo.